Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all this morning. A young boy proudly once handed his report card to his father, which had bad grades. You should be proud, the boy said. You know that I'm not cheating, at least. You know, maintaining a positive attitude in challenging times is sometimes really difficult. And today's story that we hear from a couple who lost hope despite they were blameless in the sight of the Lord, remained patient and prepared for the coming of the Lord, remained and patiently prepared for the gift that God was about to give them. We heard the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth, a priestly couple, a blameless couple, a couple that truly loved the Lord with all their heart, but had no child. This was a divine disgrace in the culture at the time. Having no children was something frowned upon. No children may have been a cause of divorce at the time. It was in the Jewish tradition, it was frowned upon. Social implications may have been a little bit of awkwardness, maybe some judgment, insinuation of sin. We know that this wasn't the case, that Elizabeth and Zacharias weren't people, or the reason why they didn't have a child wasn't because of their sin. But we could say this because we know when scripture was given to us. But at that time, probably a lot of the people were smiling to Zacharias because he was a priest. And they would smile in his face and to his wife, and they would smile. But behind their backs, they probably were saying not really nice things. And they were saying how God maybe have for, has forgotten them. They were advanced in years and a hope for a child or for children seemed to be completely lost. And I wonder if we could relate to this. These unfulfilled hopes that we have, small or big, and maybe the times that we wonder where is God in the midst of all our challenges. I wonder if we could relate to this. That asking ourselves the question, why is life so rough? Did I do something wrong to deserve this? Where are you, God, in all of my challenges? Where are you, God, in my request? My simple requests that I make to you, that are truly spiritual requests, that are truly requests that are edifying. What do we do when these unfilled hopes happen? When we are faced with unfilled hopes? The text or the passage of today tells us what to do when we have unfulfilled hopes. This morning's passage or this morning's meditation is entitled, Patiently Preparing. And the names of the character of, or the names of Zacharias and Elizabeth revealed the character of God. A lot of times in the Old Testament, the name of a person would mean something. 
wasn't just a cool name that was given, but the parents would look and they would pray and they would pray and say, you know, this is the name of this child. My brother just recently had uh, his second uh, child and it took them a week to name this child. Honestly, I was very frustrated with him and he probably doesn't know, but now he knows because I said it on here. So he's going to listen. He's going to know. I was very frustrated with them. You have nine months to prepare to name this child. The child comes out, name the child. Don't wait another week. What's, why? Why wait another week? But they waited another week. And I asked my brother, I said, what, 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 what's the problem? What's, like, is there a lack of names out there? What is, what's the problem? And he says, we want, this is uh, before the child was born first. He's like, no, no, we're going to wait till the child is born so we could see the baby. And then decide. But then you took an, you saw the baby for a week and you still couldn't decide. They eventually named the baby. Don't worry. The baby has a name. It's uh, Noel now. But uh, they named the baby. A lot of us do that. We wait and we look at our child and we say, your name shall be, you know, Andrew. Your name shall be Mary. Your name shall be because we look at the child. And some of us may have two different names. And when you look at the child, you know exactly this is it. This is Mateo, this is Luca, this is Mika. Because we know when we look at these children. Because we feel that this is what we want. Or the spirit that God want, that we want God to put in them. Zacharias and Elizabeth's names were no different. The name Zacharias means Yahweh, uh, Yahweh remembers. That the Lord remembers, that God remembers. And Elizabeth means the oath of God or the promise of God. Their names attested to God's faithfulness. The importance is not about necessarily just what their names were, but how they responded to their names. Their response to knowing God's character. That God's character meant that if you called me Zacharias, meaning that you, are, you will remember, Zacharias knew that God will remember. That Elizabeth, when she had a promise, an oath made from God, that God will keep his promise, she knew that that was the character of God and that that wasn't going to be, um, you know, forgotten. And their response to knowing God's character is that they patiently served God. In verse 6, it says, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. Zacharias knew what his, his name meant. Elizabeth knew what her name meant, but more importantly, they knew what they meant to God. So the result was, is patiently serving. They may have stopped praying for a child. They may have said, okay, maybe this is not in the cards for us. Maybe this is not what you want, Lord. And, we, and they stopped praying about it, but they didn't stop serving the Lord faithfully. They didn't stop trusting in the Lord. You know, I get angry very quickly with God. When He doesn't grant me my request, I get angry very quickly. And what do I do is I spend moments of my life maybe going astray just a little bit. And I justify that. I justify that by saying, Lord, I've been really good to you. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been coming to church. I've been doing all of these things. But yet you're not, you know, simply, you know, fulfilling a simple request. A simple request. I want my child to be this. I want, you know, I don't know. It could be as simple as I want my hockey team to win today. Whatever it is. But yet you're still not fulfilling this request. And I'm telling you, this is very telling to me today. This is uh, because yesterday, one of my prayers was for Lucas' team to win. 
because they were, uh, I don't know, it's a prayer that I put out there. And it was a team that they had lost against 3-2. I'm like, okay, we're close. We can beat this team. They lost 7-0 yesterday. I was like, Lord, my simple request wasn't fulfilled. Lord, it's a simple request. Okay, make us lose 3-2 again. Don't make us lose 7-0. It was such a disaster, but at the end of the day, we learned. We learned the lesson, or at least I learned the lesson. And I'm learning a lesson from Zacharias and Elizabeth. We spend moments of life going astray and justifying myself. Well, God, if you're not present, then I'm going to act this way or I'm going to do this way. You know, St. Zach and St. Elizabeth didn't do that. Patience is a virtue that is often overlooked in our fast-paced society and our instant gratification society. Yet scripture tells us the importance of, of waiting on the Lord. In Psalm 27 verse 14 it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We need to remind ourselves that God's perspective is different. We see that he sees the big picture, but he also sees the small picture, caring for each and single individual. That he came at a certain point and that he said, I'm focused on you, Zacharias. I am focused on you, Elizabeth. That he is able to see the big picture and the small picture. For some reason, we are not, we're not able to do that, but God is able to do that. God remembers and hasn't forgotten you. Today is a message that God will never forget us. That the name Zacharias is a name that all of us have today. That our middle names are Zacharias and our middle names are Elizabeth. Why? Because God hasn't forgotten us and will not forget us. As he remembered Zacharias and Elizabeth, he remembers us also. Trust in that. Trust that the Lord will not forget, even in our unfulfilled hopes. We need to learn to be patient like and faithful like Zacharias. Even when smaller hopes go unfulfilled, we need to remember the Lord is coming. In today's Catholic epistle, we hear from the epistle of St. James, we hear and it says, Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Do we trust that the Lord will fulfill all our needs? In due time, it may not be the time that you and I want. It may not be the time that it may be a little bit more delayed, but we need to be able to say this verse constantly. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Today, Zacharias and Elizabeth are two wonderful saints that teach us to wait on the Lord patiently. To wait on the Lord patiently, not being in uh, being um, angry at Him and kind of going astray and saying, "Okay, when you Lord fulfill this request of mine, then I will do this." No, they didn't do that. What they did is they continued to serve patiently. They continued to trust in the Lord patiently, and they knew that everything that comes from the Lord and everything that doesn't that He doesn't give us is good for us. So patience is one of the things. The second thing is that we need to be prepared. 
John's function, St. John the Baptist's function was to prepare the way for the Lord. To prepare the way for the Lord. And we can't just close our eyes on the one that the angel came to announce. He came to announce a prophet that will come to prepare the way for the Lord. Meaning that you and I have something to do in terms of preparation. Being prepared entails an active effort. Patience is not about doing nothing. Zacharias' reaction demonstrates that there's a need of preparation. Not, uh, the, not the preparation of a bassinet or a playpen or a crib. No, the internal preparation of receiving God's gift. The internal preparation of receiving and being ready to hear God's answer. He said, how can this be? How can this be? Zacharias' initial uh, disbelief shows that his heart wasn't ready. That his heart wasn't ready completely to receive God's answer. Sometimes we need to stay still and watch and listen to God at work. Zacharias was forced into this, um, into this silence. And sometimes you and I need to be forced into silence. Sometimes you and I need to be dumb. Sometimes you and I need to be mute, to be silent. Why? Because it, take, it gives us time to lift up our heart to God. Zacharias, the only person that he could speak with, that he could actually communicate with, not communicate, sorry, speak with was God. He could communicate with others. He could write on tablets and so forth. But he spent, I don't know, I don't like writing. So I, I'm, I can't imagine that he, his, his sentences were very long. When he wanted something, oh, can you please get me a cup of water? Can, what do you need me to help with around the house? Very simple things that he could write. But in terms of his silence, in terms of his speaking to God, that's the only person that he could speak to because he was forced into the silence. For nine months, he was sitting there and he needed to contemplate and to meditate with God and on God and on the things that are going. To be honest, I have a hard time meditating for nine minutes, yet alone nine months. Nine months, he sat in silence. Can you imagine nine months? I don't know if anybody's pregnant here, but tell your husband to stay silent for nine months. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. You may be happy as a wife, but like uh, at the end of the day, nine months is a long time to stay silent. We have a hard time meditating for nine minutes, or at least I do. To turn his heart to God, nine months, that's what he had. To turn his heart to God, to turn his heart to God. To turn his heart to God, that is what Zacharias was called to do in the nine months. When the Lord told him, you will be mute and you will be silent. Why? Because I need you to turn your heart. We need to turn our hearts. And the, and, and the church always teaches that this turning of one heart is repentance. That you and I need to repent. We try and fix every problem we have by talking and talking and talking more rather than just zipping it and listening to God. We need to, for, to be forced to zip it sometimes. I encourage you today to zip it. To sometimes come to a place and just say, Lord, I will stay silent. Lord, I will stay mute. Lord, I will be dumb today just so that I may hear what you want from me. Why? Because he's preparing. Because we are preparing the way for the Lord. 
to come into our hearts. You know, the illustration that comes to mind is, you know, when somebody's in the zone, you know, whether they're playing a sport or whether they're doing a certain task, you know, and you go up to that person and that person is very focused. And the first thing they, and you try and interrupt them, what do they tell you? Don't speak to me. Don't speak to me. They don't want to speak to you. And I don't want you to speak to me. I need to be focused. I need to be in this place of silence. I need to be in a place where, Lord, I could hear you clearly. Clearly, What you do when somebody comes over to your house is two things. You will always straighten your house and you will straighten up yourself. You will clean up your house and you will clean up yourself. And today, this is what we are called to do. To patiently preparing for God's coming. Straighten up your house. Always be prepared. In verse 17, it says... He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You know, to turn our hearts, to turn the hearts of the Father means that you and I also need to turn our hearts. The first priority needs to be transformation of our homes transformation of our families that's our number one priority this past week i was at, uh, at, a, at a, um, a family's house who invited a bunch of people over for uh, a prayer and praise night and it was so wonderful and so encouraging to me to go to this home because you saw a bunch of families just get together for the purpose of praying and praising and they had many children that were there and it was a little bit chaotic but it was beautiful and i want like i want to say like it taught these children something greater than just having people over just for dinner or just having people over just to watch a movie or a sports all of that is great but guess what when we ignore the other side of things our children may forget that our home needs to be a house of prayer a house of purity. We want blessing in our homes, then we need to bring prayer into our homes. The number one priority should be the transformation of our families. We could sit here all we want. We could listen to as many sermons as all we want. But if we go home and we don't transform our homes, then all we're doing is sitting here for a few hours, making ourselves, sorry, feel a little bit better and going home back to our old selves. This is a period of transformation that the church is calling us to. To be patiently preparing for the Lord. Patiently preparing our homes and our children and our husbands and our wives. Why? For the preparing of the Lord. You know, we need to honor our spouses and to nurture our children. We need to learn that every day is a blessing for us to have our children in our arm. You know, we need to remember as much as maybe they drive us up the wall half the time. That's okay. We love them and we care for them. And the most important thing is to prepare. To prepare the way for them. To prepare the way by showing them how we're going to react in love. How we act in public. All of these things. And children, it's time for us to honor our fathers and our mothers. Youth, honor your father and your mother. You know, a lot of times we just sit there and we argue and we bicker where there's so much of us, so much time wasted at home where it could just be a place of peace. Our homes need to be a place of peace for both the husband and the wife and the children. 
And everyone living in that household is responsible for that. And when we do that, then we could shine God's light upon this earth and share. You know, as we celebrate today or this weekend, we celebrate the 16th anniversary of this beautiful parish. And this parish that was established 16 years ago with a particular vision and mission in mind. And I want to encourage all of you to go home today and to read the vision and the mission of this church. And to question yourself and all of us. Not to question the church, to question ourselves personally. Are we fulfilling this mission or not? This, was the, this, this particular parish was established for a purpose. For a purpose. And there's so much on the website. It's a ministry of love, integration, and outreach. Are we sharing God's love in every chance that we have? Are we doing this or not? It's a place where no one stands alone. Are people walking into this particular building and feeling that they are loved and welcomed as it was 16 years ago? It's a place where we focus on God's love and our growth spiritually. It's a place where we want to spread the word of God to everyone. To make them feel like, he, hey, we have a great gift and we want to share this with you. Please go home today and read the mission and vision of the church. If anything, read it to your children, read it to yourselves, read it, read it and keep it at heart. And if you agree with the mission and vision of the church, then let's fulfill this mission. Be transformed is what we are called to do. In conclusion, I just want to say we need to keep perspective in our disappointments. That we can't give up on God. Zacharias and Elizabeth didn't. They patiently continued to serve. Being patient and being prepared. We transform our lives, we transform our homes, and then we share it with others. Are you patiently preparing today? Are you patiently preparing for the coming of the Lord? Do you need a personal transformation? Do you need to bring that transformation to others? Transformation is available to all of us. This power that we have, this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is given to us, is the source where transformation will happen. You are not responsible for the transformation, but you're responsible to make yourself available for transformation. As Christians, we're called to patiently uh, prepare for the coming of the Lord Jesus. This preparation involves not just external observations. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do the external, the fasting we should do, the prayer we should do, the coming to the church we should do, the participation in the community we should do. But there's a lot more that we have to do as well. And it's cultivating this inner disposition, a heart ready to receive God's power, a heart that is ready to receive God answering your prayer. Today, Zacharias had a little glitch of him asking, how can this be? Why? Because maybe his heart wasn't fully prepared. And maybe he had that because he needed to send that message to me. That you, Thomas, you need to have your heart prepared. God will answer your prayers, but are you ready for that answer? And if you are ready for that answer, then we need to embrace the opportunity for growing and to trust in God and trusting Him and His timing. 
You know, as we prepare for the coming of the Lord, there's the words of St. Clement that comes to mind. And I hope this resonates in our heart. It says, Let us therefore be lowly-minded brethren and sisters, laying aside all arrogance and conceit, all folly and anger, and let us do that which is written. During this time, our focus needs to go back to, Lord, what is the words that you're giving to us? The words of Scripture need to be words that are engraved in our hearts. In this season of preparation, we need to heed to the words of our early church fathers and mothers, where they find, where we find uh, timeless truths and teachings that are given to us, that bring us towards the path of the heavenly kingdom. Let us be in a constant state of patiently preparing, and glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.